pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Friday, the final day of the week. These are the voyages of the program on sportsmanlike conduct. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new movies, to seek out new bits and new edifications, to boldly go where no radio program has gone before. Elkins Movie Club. It's Elkins Movie Club. Elkins Movie Club. Occasionally, it's just good to go the old school way. Uh-huh. Kent Walgamont, Lincoln Journal star. Hello, Kent. Hello. How was your week? Uh, actually, not horrible. Good. Which is awesome. about as good as you could ask for. <laughs> good. Well, that's always good, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, we had that little, we had that shot of winter for about two days, and then Right back into the good weather. Yeah, again. which is not even the wind can't keep us down because at least it's in the sixties. That's true. Mm-hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this week's movie on Amazon Prime released uh, two years ago. Yeah, Licorice Pizza. And before we get into this was Licorice pick, Zaw. Right? Yeah. This was before we get into truly. Josh's quick synopsis of what this is about. Uh, this was a movie that did not do well at the box office, but did get. A lot of acclaim, including from you, because you said it was one of your top movies of 2021. Uh, yeah, I looked, and uh, uh, if you eliminate the documentaries from my list, I'm not sure why I put documentaries in my best of the year. Usually, I separate them. I would have; it would have been number uh, three on the quote fictional feature list for the year. Actually, had it above Coda, which won the Oscar. Oh, wow. Which we have also, Which we reviewed. also reviewed in Movie Club. Uh-huh. All yeah. right. So, Josh? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's, still as of now, latest movie. Uh, someone described it to me last week. I actually think, Ken, it was Josh Otson, producer of the Connor Happer Show, as a hangout movie. And certainly, it is, I mean, there is plot machinations in, in this one. but uh, and, and I'm very curious to get into this discussion on the show. A 15-year-old meets a 25-year-old who actually might be 28 years old, uh-huh. and uh, you know he has the hots for her, and she ends up kind of hanging out with him and his crew. He's a he's a child actor. Uh, his name is Gary, and I didn't realize Gary? this until I was halfway through the movie. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, oh. uh, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, Cooper Hoffman, who plays this character. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I can uh-huh. see that. Gary, uh, he meets Elena, played by Elena Haim, I believe. Uh, Hyam. Hyam. 
Uh, and oh, uh, so she's like she's like Tony Danza. Every character's got to be a link. Bingo. Well, I mean, if you noticed her other sisters and they're her dad. Also, yeah, it's all her actual family. Oh, yeah. and so he is their uh, actual names. He 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 pulls a lot of uh, hijinks. Isn't the right word. What am, what's the word that I'm looking scams. for? Scams. Yeah, I mean he's trying to make money, and he makes money in a variety of ways: water beds, uh, opening uh, various things throughout this movie, including a pinball arcade. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. And so they're they're in California in 1973. And Kent, the thing that stood out to me as I watched it was that. Throughout this whole movie, I think that Elena's character is kind of asking herself, like, what is it about this guy that I continue to hang out with him? At one point, she asks one of her friends, like, what is it? Do you think I'm weird? I think that was her sister. Do you think I'm weird for hanging out with Gary and his friends? And her, and she says, no, I don't think so. But I think that's kind of the push and pull of the entire movie from her perspective. Uh, and meanwhile, Gary obviously likes her, and then sometimes he doesn't like her. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. I, 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 the, the, the plot or lack thereof at times didn't really bother me, but I thought it was a, I, you know, I, I said this in my review on Letterboxd. Not having cell phones in movies makes movies so much better because people just talk and have to hang out with each other. What a different time in the, in the world, huh, John? That's very What an old-sounding take. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so two, two things uh, directly to address what you just said, Josh. Had this been reversed, had it been a 20-some-year-old guy and a 15-year-old girl, it wouldn't have worked. No. I mean – would have just been out blackballed instantly, right? Yeah, yeah the so, movie would have probably been titled Statutory Rape. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Exactly. So so there's that. But I think you're I think you're kind of right about her perspective on the movie or on the character. And then the last thing that and this is I wish it was original to me, but uh this was um, his uh, Mick LaSalle is the critic that said this. And of course I lost it now. Um, his take on the movie was, I thought great. And of course I'm not going to be, here it is. Watching licorice pizza is simultaneously like watching life with all the boring parts cut out and like watching movies with all the phony parts cut out. And I thought that was almost perfect it, because it's it's so episodic, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about, a lack of a plot. It's The plot is there. It's just a lot of it's implied, mm-hmm. right? You have these scenes like he tries out for a part, right? He tried out for the part, doesn't get it. But instead of them going back and hammering away, you're too old to be trying to be a child actor, blah, 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 blah. You just see the scene. And then it's on to, I think that's when he saw her walking down the sidewalk with her, with the other child actor and got all jealous and started making the phone calls. I think that was right before that scene. But the scenes are episodic like that. So it's not the tight linear plot that we're looking for, but there you can figure it out, right? And the other thing that is great about this movie is that it's kind of fact-based, right? Not entirely, but uh, PTA actually saw a woman taking photographs of high school kids, 
and thought, be interesting to make this movie. And he kind of got that gen, gem. But the story of the actor of, of uh, Hoffman's character is really taken from the real life of a movie producer named Gary Getzman, who was on the Lucille Ball show when he was a little kid, who opened the waterbed store, who opened the pinball hmm. arcade. All of those things come out of this guy's life. This guy is a pal of Anderson's and is actually in the movie briefly, as is his kid. And so he takes takes those two things and puts them together. And and Getzman even sold a waterbed to John Peters, the producer, Barbara Streisand's boyfriend, all of that, who is played in a movie by Bradley Cooper. And Anderson got permission from John Peters to make, to use him as a character. And he's a he's a self-absorbed lunatic. In yeah, the, yes. Kent, I heard it I heard an interview that PTA did a couple years ago where he gave like he was on the phone with him and he kind of explained like here's what I have your character doing. And I guess in, in the original script, John Peters' character was like going to yell at them and he was like, I wouldn't have done that. And PTA asked him, Oh, what would you have done? He goes, I would have hit on the girl. And so that's yeah. why that's why he that's why they wrote that in the movie where he's leaning over her and trying to cop a feel because the real life John Peters is like that's what I would have done in 1973. And there was an interview I had watched with uh, Kevin Smith, uh, who he had originally worked with John Peters in the Nick Cage Superman movie mm-hmm. that ended up going to uh, Tim Burton. But there were many quotes directly lifted from just this story that he had had with. Uh, Peters that ended up being used by Bradley Cooper in the movie. Like he was just word for word, kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. Word for word. And my understanding is that Peters, that was his only demand to use him as a character was you have to use my exact lines. Mm. (laughs) Interesting. There's enough stories floating around. I'm sure to Mm. do that. Those elements that you just described, Kent, um, help me appreciate it a little bit more because one of the things that was a struggle for me was I just didn't find the characters relatable because how many 15 year olds are opening waterbed stores and then pinball arcade. So it was hard for me to kind of get into all that. It's like, why is this guy, where's this guy getting the money from? What is he, how is this happening? And so knowing that at least this came from a, someone else is based on a loosely based on a real story helps just a little bit. I think part of my problem was I put myself, I kind of convinced myself that not that this was going to be American graffiti, but that it was going to be a period piece where it was, you know, when you talk about coming of age, you think of American pie, you think of American graffiti, days and confused. confused. You think of all these different movies that have been coming of age movies and unlike some of those where there's always a plot, right? This one didn't quite have her, at least not as overtly. Um, I mean, the plot is essentially, will will they get together? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But it just seemed like some of the things that they were involved in just seemed a little too out there for me. It was mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, how is this even working? So, so I don't, I didn't, I didn't think it was a bad movie. 
I just didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would because it almost seemed way too far-fetched. Mm-hmm. And I will say if you'd have been, if as someone who lived through that era, it all, it rang just, it rings just the opposite. Yeah. You know, in a, for me. And if you want to make a connection to that previous movies, watch this movie and watch Days and Confused. That is because Days and Confused is essentially set at the exact same time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. I uh one of the things Kent that I wanted to point out was the music in this and specifically I thought the needle drop for Let Me Roll It by Paul McCartney and the Wings was one of the better needle drops that I can remember seeing in a movie in a while cuz that is the scene after uh the not the motorcycle what would you call that would you call that a motorcycle when he runs and he yeah. and then they they're on, is that a motor I guess it's a motorcycle okay okay yeah uh, and then they're on the yeah, water it's bed a very little motorcycle yeah it's a, yeah I just I figured that the bike. ones that go wee wee mini bike yeah sure mini bike. but I thought that that pocket was, rocket I've been listening I've been listening to that song a oh bit that's your I, one huh since it was Nick I finished my run on Sunday and I was like I'm gonna listen to that song on the way the music home. was really good yeah, the, the music was really good that, the music that song was really good I did I did enjoy because it it wasn't all just like. The poppy hits of the period. It was mm-hmm. some of the exactly. a little bit of the deeper Deep cuts, cuts. Yeah, you know, like um, exactly. That was precisely. It wasn't the obvious. Yeah, right. It was, you know. I mean, and there's like, you guys wouldn't have noticed this probably, but when when uh, he's there's, I think when there he's getting hamburgers with his mom at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a Todd, they there's a DJ that's introing a Todd Rundgren Todd Rundgren song, and that's right when Todd hit right. Mm. But it that it wasn't. But then when you hear it, it's not bang on the drum all day. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not Rundgren's big big hit. It's a different song. Yes. I also can't. I liked um, going to the to the main two characters in this movie. Cooper Hoffman looks like a 15-year-old. Pimples, bad skin. Um, and, and I have you know heard a lot of conversation about Elena in general now in just a few podcasts over the last week. She has a very distinctive look. Yeah. You know, not a traditional leading actress in a movie like this. And so you can see why she would be quite striking, but also maybe why she would kind of fall into this world where she's hanging out with a bunch of 15 year olds too and so i thought that i just liked the look of the characters that i didn't feel like i was watching a made-up version right. of 1973 the, the casting was great they were real people yeah real freckles and real blemishes this was real their teeth. first movies is just insane to me oh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and she hasn't done anything since because she kind of has a little rock band or pop rock mm. or whatever you want to call them band great band do you like them oh yeah Great, great band. They're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I thought and, she was like an Instagram person, and, no. and Riss was like, no, she's in a band. I said, oh. I say, ask, ask your wife. She 100% I thought she was an Insta- I thought she was an Instagram person. I don't mm. know. And and he, I think, has been in one subsequent movie or is going to be in one that's going to be released shortly. So, But that's it. But this was their first movie's. And I think that helps the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because once again, it more real. You don't, you don't. It's more real, and you don't identify with the actor, right? Mm-hmm. You're not. Oh, this is a Kirsten Stewart movie or whatever. 
I'm trying to th- pick somebody that would, she's too old for that now, you know, but just pick, you know, some young actress and put her in that role. And all of a sudden it becomes a movie about her here. You don't have that. This makes it as Nick saying more real. Do you, and ha- I think that's why it's so good. I love their dad so much. By Can, the way. Do, He's so do good. you have to, cause I'm just, again, going through my mental Rolodex. Is it almost a necessity when you do one of these types of coming of age films that the main characters are, they're not well known, mm. right? You know, you're not mm-hmm. getting well known child actors playing these parts. I mean, I think back to American Pie, you know, most of those, for most of that group who are now very famous today, but for most of that group, that was one of their first movies, and there wasn't really like a you know outside of um, Days and Confused did the Days same and thing. Days and Confused, yeah, because Matthew McConaughey nobody hadn't hit it big and, yet. Yes. The, the kid who's in Bones. In Days and Confused were even known. Yeah, the only one. I mean, they the, were Austin actors. Yeah, the the only the only one that's different is uh, American Graffiti because everyone knew who Ron Howard was. Right. But everybody, but but they hadn't seen him as grown Ron Howard. Right. Mm-hmm. They only remember little Opie Taylor from. The Andy Griffith Show, so it's almost a necessity because if it's more known, I think it's harder for people to buy into it. And so you don't go in so with any using, baggage. And so getting using a Bradley Cooper in the role that he had, using a Sean, Sean Penn, Penn in a role that he had, is perfect. Bradley and, oh, by the way, great. that Sean Penn role is modeled on the actor William Holden, who apparently must have been kind of a jerk. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so. It was a little jarring to just see him there. I did not bother to look at the uh, the wiki before I watched this. Um, and then <laughs> he's like, oh, God, it's Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about the John C. Riley cameo? Speaking of cameos. Okay, Nick, that was, I'm I'm hearing his voice because John C. Riley was the uh, monster. Was Eddie monster. Yes, yeah. and so I'm like, who the hell is that? I know the voice. I rewind it, and then I, you know, we're watching on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about Amazon that I wish every streaming service did was oh, a little me extra, too. the X-ray so thing. Good. But he's not on the X-ray thing, so I'm like, all right. I pause the movie. I open up IMDb, and I just scroll, and I'm trying to figure out who is this, who is this, and then finally I saw John C. Riley, and I was like, oh. I've watched Step Brothers and Talladega Nights so much mm-hmm. growing so up that it's right. just in my head. I yeah. know his voice. I got pissed that I couldn't figure it out without having to scroll through a bunch of mm. stuff figuring out who it was. I love when Bradley Cooper just does a cameo in a movie and you don't realize he's going to be in the movie. He seemed like he had a lot of fun playing that. Mm-hmm. Well, playing even that. in Dungeons and Dragons, he just mm-hmm. his cameo in that movie. He just shows you remember, up. remember, John? I do. The great Th- movie. That led to one of my favorite little scenes in the movie, but the driving the moving truck. My God. That was tight. That, like, was, that was a badass so cool. scene. And because the whole time I'm like starting to get really tense, like what's going to happen at the end of this? That scene did a really good job of really showing the age gap between the characters. Too. Yeah, because they were all like. It's uh, like <laughs> us as adults in that situation after that, we're going to be like. Holy S, we yeah. survived. And mm-hmm. then the guys were just like, oh, hell yeah, yeah that yeah. was sick. Oh, and then when they, they're not, the, Kent, we, you know, we were talking about the Elena character earlier and like, why the hell am I hanging out with these kids? The best representation of that, of course, was when they needed the gas. Uh-huh. And the kids are treating the gas can and, and all of the things very sexually. They sure are. And I was just yes. looking at her like, man, you made a huge mistake hanging out with these yahoos and they're just having a great time. Mm. Yep. Yeah, children, and, and 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 what we're really getting at here is that these scenes, whether it has the tight plot or not, 
are exactly what uh, LaSalle said. This is like watching real life, but just the good parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The memorable stories. And the best part of memories is making making them. them. Yeah. I will say I saw, I wish I could take credit for this because this helped me see the movie in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. But the reason these characters work so well together is because they're trying to do the opposite of each other. Uh, the kid, the 15 year old, he's trying to grow up and be an adult. hundred percent. Do all these, like he goes to this bar. He's a regular at this bar. He tries to have all these businesses. And Elena seems like she's trying to chase youth, trying to stay young, trying to stay young and do all these things. And it's just, they kind of meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. That being said, I don't like either of these characters. Interesting. I think it's which ones a decent the the main two. Okay, I think it's a decent story, Gary and Elena, but I think they're not good people. You know, it's like always sunny. It's like you're watching it, you enjoy it, but you know they're not. He's good certainly people. a bit of a huckster. Yeah, I don't think they're good for each other. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Here's I, the question: What's not to give away the end of the movie, but it's like think about what happens the next day. Right. You know, it's not going to end. Well. They're not good for each other. I think they both have their own things they clearly need to work on. Yeah. As people. Yeah. Well, again, she might be because there's a there's a scene in the movie. Was it the scene with Bradley Cooper where she's asked her age and she slips and says 28? Uh-huh. And then she corrects herself yeah. and says 25. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, are you 13 years older than this kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, not great. It's a tough look. It is. It's and a very tough look. You're, you're right on it on the mo- on the ending, right? You do, It doesn't. The ending doesn't need to be. You know what's going to come. Yeah. They don't have to show you. Correct. I think it would have been better if they didn't end up together. Yeah. If they just would have been like, all right, we're going to go our separate ways. I did like the ending. I thought yeah. the ending was really good. Yeah. But I, even though I don't care about the next day, because the next day, you know, or two months later or two weeks later. I mean, I thought it was a really sweet ending, but I think I would have liked the movie better if it just would have been, okay, we we well, both need I, to act our ages. I think, it, I think it gives you a little bit of both. You realize, hey, the, these two have, you know, finally found each other, but you also know that it's probably not going to last, mm. you know, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and so it, it first leaves, love usually it leaves doesn't, it, it leaves it open to whatever interpretation you want. Also, I don't like that. It feels like the only reason Elena got involved in politics was because she was just attracted to the politician. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about Benny Safdie being in the movie. And, and she found out played is actually a real guy. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Real politician that interestingly, uh, was closeted and has since come out and uh, oh, he's still he's alive. Still kind of I really, yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. I really like that interaction between uh, Alana and his boyfriend. That scene was great. Was such a good when you scene. realize yeah. what's going on yeah. and why everyone is at that table, that was a good. That was a good scene. I assume the so, guy wearing, so, the, oh, sorry, Kent. I assume the guy that was just kind of hanging outside the office was a reporter or somebody trying to get dirt. I so I thought that he was like an ex-boyfriend or a fling, like with the benefit of hindsight. That's what I thought that character was. But that you you might be onto something, Nick. Someone trying to get dirt on him. Well, that is uh, licorice pizza. You can find it on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. So you weren't a huge fan? Uh, Not a huge fan. It was fine, but I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, I didn't like it enough to want to watch it again or keep watching it. I think I'd I watch it, it was, again. It was. Kenny, you watched it now for the second time. What did you think watching it again? Third time. Third maybe time. Fourth time. Oh wow. Ah. Okay. Never mind. I liked it enough. Uh, no, to where I it kept really liked this movie, and part of the reason 
I, I mean, I pretty much really like the everything that PTA does, right? I mean, I can't think of a, I don't think he's made a bad movie. And this one is different in a sense for him because it is kind of sweet and it is kind of light. And it is, I mean, this is a guy that made There Will Be Blood, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about a guy that generally makes these, this kind of movie and i thought it, it there's something about it that just really hit with me that what i hadn't watched it for probably a year um and i liked it as much the, the i guess it'd be either the third a fourth time i guess this is the fourth time i've seen it and it didn't play too long even haven't seen it that many times. Hmm. And it's what, two hours and 25 minutes, something yep. like that? Yep. Yeah. Oh. It was compelling enough to keep me watching, but I don't think I'll watch it again. Hmm. I think I'll stumble upon it again. All right. Well, uh, Nick, it is your turn. Yep. And as we all know, John won't be here next I week. Will, he will not. He's will, going to abandon I, us. I will be in Philly next week. Uh, this movie is one I've been meaning to watch for the last couple years i guess and i just haven't and it's finally on netflix okay everything everywhere all at once oh okay i have seen that movie nice. i've been wa- i've been meaning to watch it i just haven't all right it won the uh oscar was, last year john well my number one movie of the of that of what it would it be 2022 2022 right. nick do you know anything and about i know this nothing movie? and i've intentionally because i like to do this if i know i want to watch or interact with something i just avoid everything that i possibly can about it mm-hmm. so i know nothing okay i'm gonna go in blind And this will be one that probably be the i don't know how many times i've watched this maybe not the whole thing but i've watched it off and on because it's it i just think it's fascinating movie yes it okay. definitely is i'm interested everything everywhere all at once on netflix yes uh before we uh break did you see this? Did you hear about this? Oh, tell me more. They are rebooting Naked Gun. Oh. Did we watch that for Movie Club? Mm, we did Airplane, didn't we? Mm. I think we did Airplane. Um yes. This is this is being we did Yeah, this is being uh remade uh and I believe I thought I read somewhere is Seth MacFarlane involved in this hmm. maybe he's not then i'm he's... definitely out i yeah. could see it though but but apparently they've gotten liam neeson to star as frank drebin oh eh. see i eh. i don't think movies like this can be remade how come no well no unless Lee nielsen no you're never gonna match him I no him. i mean it, it, what a guy a it doesn't need to be remade if you want to make a comedy make a comedy but don't rip off another deal i don't know if the i don't know if the humor will be as appreciated as much today well you know we did They're, watch fletch and that was way different than and i know that wasn't a remake it was a no, sequel surely yeah. the humor is going to be adjusted it's going to be different it won't oh, be the same humor yeah because this is that was what late 80s yeah, I mean Early it's night. I mean it's it, and it's basically the same humor as Airplane as, mm-hmm. you know. It's a different same brand of humor guys. compared to Surely you can't be serious. Yeah, the, the Zucker, Airplane, the Zucker I brothers. I just I love that humor. Yeah, uh the uh not to head down too weird a path, but when that movie came out, Leslie Nielsen came to Lincoln. They did a college promotional tour for it 
and it had one of its premieres or whatever at the uh the Stewart theater which is now long gone right um and i spent most of the day hanging out with leslie nielsen that man was hilarious that's jealous and and, you know his whole career changed because you know he was a serious actor and then he got the airplane role and then pretty soon he just morphed into this you know different person Mm -hmm. but yeah i just i don't know if you want to make a comedy make a comedy but you don't have to reboot something that you know is a is a period of its time you'll never match that never humor Mm -hmm. it's not gonna work like even the baseball game stuff it's not gonna work now yeah yeah you know just Come up with something original. Mm. That's all. Mm. Tough look for Seth MacFarlane, that goober. If only he ever came up with something original. No, he didn't. He did. Hey, remember that one time we did that one thing? <laughs> Family Guy. <laughs> Stupid show. All right. Well, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once next week. Kent, have a Woo. great weekend. Thanks. Well, you got, you have a lovely time. When are you going to Philly? Not till next week. It's Next just week. just okay. for one game, and then we're back, and then it's New York. Mm. He's abandoning and then it's the NCAA us. tournament. Yeah, so can't say whatever you want to say to John because you won't see him till April. <laughs> yeah, call him stupid. Nice. <laughs> won't see him till April. He hopes. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, we'd be back earlier. You never okay, know. Okay, maybe you'll see him the second weekend when I'm in sunny Las Vegas. Oh, me too, and Josh. Poor, I'll also be there. Poor John sitting here in the studio. I'm fine. Mm. I'll be That fine. reminds me. Sign up today to 1620 the email. You can enter to get to Vegas. Nice, Nick. Ken, have a great weekend. See ya. Bye, Ken. Ken Welcome out of the Lincoln Journal Star. Yes, you can sign up now. Uh, go to subscribe today. Mm-hmm. Sign up now so that you can get our emails and you can sign up for the big trip to Vegas for the second weekend of the college basketball playoff. Hell yes. Thank you. Circus sports with great second prizes as well, including watch parties for the first two days of the college basketball playoff. Correct. Hey, we come back. Can we talk about the new college football rules before we talk to Sam McEwen? Cause there's some interesting, weird crap in here. All right. 1620 the zone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.